weekly message from Encounter, where your past has no future and hope is reborn. Here is today's special guest speaker. How many love Jesus today? Hallelujah. Can we give him a hand? Is he worthy of praise and honor? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Bless the Lord. Brother, give me some, uh, give me some heat over here. I'll, I'll kill my voice, all right? I promise I'll be better. <laughs> Lord, please forgive me for that. <laughs> so, I have the opportunity to speak to you today, and I'm so thankful for this opportunity. Um, the Lord laid... Uh, a sermon on my heart this morning, and I want to share it with you. Um, the name of my sermon is The, the Coming Storm. Uh, let us pray. Father, we thank you, Jesus, for your grace in our lives. Lord, I praise you, Father God, that we serve a God that knows the, Lord, you know the end from the beginning. Lord, I thank you, Father God, that you have brought those in this house today to hear your word, Father God, to feel the love of this congregation. And I thank you for that. I thank you, Father God, for the opportunity to bring your word. I pray, Father God, that I would get out of the way and allow, allow your spirit and your anointing and your word to change the hearts of those who hear thy word. In the precious name of Jesus Christ, the righteous, I pray. And the church says, amen. Hallelujah. So you may or may not know, most of you probably do know, that I am a uh, Ohio high school baseball umpire and so we're right deep into our high school season uh, pretty much every day you can ask my wife uh, uh, she'll confirm this for you uh, but uh, practically every day between now and May the 10th uh, going out without Sundays because high schools don't play on Sundays I have a baseball game or a girls fastest game to umpire yesterday I had four right and it was a beautiful day outside, and we had a great time. But we are, one thing for sure that we are uh, hinged on is what? The weather, all right? In fact, I don't know if you know this or not, but tomorrow they're calling for snow. They are. They're calling for snow. Can you believe it? I can't believe it. Here we are, tax day. Maybe it's something, an equalization there, tax day and snow. I don't know, okay? But for sure... That's what they're saying. Now, when it comes to baseball, that's not a good mix, all right? You got, you, got, you got rain or snow or cold. My first game of the season was in Cleveland Heights, and it was, it was 27 degrees. Can you believe that, that we even played in 27 degrees? No way. I literally, of course, I didn't look ahead of time for that, so I forgot my my hat and my gloves and you know when these ears get cold trust me the whole body gets cold that's all i gotta say all right and i said see she even agrees with that okay all right so i'm sitting here and i'm like all right all right i can, I can hardly keep my head straight all right and of course a girl's fast pitch game and those who are i know there's a lot of men here but a girl's fast pitch game goes along faster than a baseball game you can get done with a girl's fast pitch game in about 90 minutes all right so on that day, on 27-degree heat, we did a game for three and a half hours. Can you believe that? Three and a half hours. No one could pitch. No one could catch. No one could do nothing. 
So I walked away, and it took me two hours just to warm up. And I thank the good Lord I haven't had another day like that this year. But I was able, from, I learned from that to yesterday. They were saying, oh, it's supposed to be 40, 50 degrees. I come in, I was like, uh, I was like uh, one of those, uh, I don't know if anyone's seen Seinfeld before, where George has that big, uh, that big uh, coat. I'm walking on the field like this here. I got a hat on. I got a knit hat on. I'm just, I'm just warm as toast. And as the day went on, I, I took, I took the, uh, the clothes off. So the, uh, that at the end, all I had was just my shirt on. Uh, obviously, my pants too, not just shirt. Okay, but, but I had no super warm clothes. But I learned that a storm may be coming. The climate is going to affect my life. So today, I want to share something with you. Today is what? Palm Sunday. Exactly. Today starts a week of highs and lows in the Christian belief. Today starts a great triumphant into Jerusalem where Jesus is on a donkey and he walks into Jerusalem and those who are there they begin to wave palm trees and and they begin to say Hosanna here is the king Hosanna he is here and they lay those palm trees there on the on the, the dirt and on the ground and the donkey walks across it but just a few days later things change and they're in the upper room and the Lord introduces us to communion. And then right after that, what happens? He goes into Gethsemane and he begins to pray. And then the soldiers come and they begin to beat him and begin to attack him. And they begin to pull on his beard. And before you know it, before the sun has risen, he has already been con condemned to death. And he goes on to the cross. Then in the midday, the next day, he screams out those three words, it is finished, and the devil thinks he's won. Oh, Friday sometimes comes, but can I tell you today, who, hallelujah, that Sunday's coming. Bless the Lord. There's some people in this room this day who might feel that today is their Good Friday. They may feel that their life is shooken to the right and to the left, and they don't know what to expect. I tell you this day, my friends, if you trust in him this morning, you will find, hallelujah, that Sunday is coming for you. Sunday's coming. And so we find ourselves on Easter Sunday or Resurrection Sunday, and what happens? The ladies rush to the tomb. Of course, the men were afraid. They said, oh, we had to lock themselves behind the door because they, they, they feared what the Romans could do to them. But the ladies walked over to the tomb, and we know the story, and the, the stone has been moved. And what is said to them, why do you seek, hallelujah, the living among the dead? And they run back, and they tell the disciples, I just want you to get this picture. They run back, and they try to get into the door. They go over there, and they can't get in because it's locked. It's locked. They bang on the door. Hey, let us in. What's their first response? Oh, my Lord. Oh, 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 oh. They're after us. Quick, hide. Come on, Mike. Get over here. They'll see you first. You know they will. 
Love you, brother. <laughs> so they finally answer the door, Brother Jeff, and they find that what Jesus said came to pass, that he rose again, and everything changed. Everything. It started a new age, and yet it was birthed through that week of ups and downs. Today I want to share with you about a radical change that is coming to us, to you, and to me. And the question is, are you ready for it? Today's sermon is about a call to repentance, a call for every one of us in this room, no matter if you've been in church for 50 years, it doesn't matter. God's calling you today because a storm is coming, not the storm that you think is coming, because the storm that we're talking about is before the Lord returns. Hello. Because when the rapture comes, my friend, that's going to be a day of what? I'm on my way to heaven. <laughs> it's over with then. I'm going to go see my mama. I'm going to go see Jesus. Everything's going to change. But before then, a storm is coming. Won't you stand to your feet? Hallelujah. Let's read the word. And I pray right now in the name of Jesus Christ that you would open up your heart and hear what the Lord has to say. Because you're here today not by accident. You're here today to hear this. And that means me. And I know I'm speaking it. But it's for me as much as everybody else in this house. Revelation, the 18th chapter, the first four verses. It says, and after these things, I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great power, and the earth was lightened with his glory. And he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon the great is falling, is falling, and has become the habitation of devils, and the hold of every foul spirit, and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. For all nations have drunk of the wine of, of the wrath of her fornication, and the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, and the merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, that ye be not partakers of her sins, and that ye receive not her plagues. We're going to move down to verse 8. And it says, Therefore shall her plagues come in one day, death and mourning and famine, and she shall be utterly burned with fire. For strong is the Lord God who judges her. And the kings of the earth who have committed fornication and, and live delicately with her shall bewail her and lament for her when they shall see the smoke of her burning. Verse 11. And the merchants of the earth shall weep and mourn over her, for no man buyeth their merchandise anymore. Hallelujah. You can be seated. 
You know, a lot of people say that they struggle with the end times because they don't see America in it. Let's be honest, we have the biggest and most strongest military there is ever, ever. Uh, we spend more on we spend more on defense than than the top three other countries do by, combined. It's just we have all these gadgets and everything. But the God that will one day judge this country as a whole is strong. Can someone say amen to that? That's true. That's true. And I believe this is a reflection of who we are today. For every foul spirit has been allowed to come in and we've walked away from, from Christ, we've allowed prayer to leave our schools, leave our government. It's now a, a taboo situation that no one can... I, I, I'll share a story with you. Uh, one of my, one of my uh, friends, he was, um, he's a coach of a football team. And for years, he'd been coaching for 30 years, and, and every game before they went out on the field, they would all gather together as a group, and they would begin to pray, all right? And they prayed, and then they would leave, and they would go. And then suddenly, last year, the school says, you can't do that anymore. So after a couple games, they said, fine, but what we'll do is the coaches will leave the kids out of it. The coaches will go into the, into the hallway, and we'll pray there. That was okay for a couple, couple weeks until the school found out about it, and they told them then, listen, you're not to pray any place on school property. I don't know about you, but that shakes my heart. Can I tell you today that America has the largest GDP in the world? That's gross domestic product. What that means is, is that that's what we're worth. That's what we're worth. But by far, it's not even close. It's not even close. Do you realize that 17 countries in this, on this planet have, have most of the wealth, right? But America sits on top. America's economy is also its largest. But can I tell you today that, and I'm not talking about what happened 10 years ago or what happened in 1950 or what happened back in the 1800s. Can I tell you, this year, there, were, there are 11 Christians a day being killed. I want, you to, I want that to seek into you because we here in America, are, are we are sheltered from these things. We think our lives are wrapped up in all the things that we keep on looking toward us. And I'm telling you, a storm is coming when the Holy Spirit, oh, hallelujah, is going to require you to do more than just go to church. Can someone say amen? Hallelujah. It's coming a day. Yes, give the Lord a hand. Hallelujah. There's coming a day that you've got to do more than just say, yeah, I believe that Jesus died on the cross. Yeah, the devils believe that too. What's he doing for them? Hello. Hello. They know. In fact, Paul writes that if if they if Satan would have known what would happen, he would have never incited the crowd to go get Christ, because he knew when he found out that when he rose again from the dead, Jesus ripped the keys of death and hell from him, and no longer he has any authority. And I'm here to tell you today and hear the words what I'm about ready to say. 
Satan has no authority in your life as long as you serve Jesus. Can someone say amen? Hallelujah. He has no authority. Zero. All he has is a roar. All he can do is scare you. All he can do is, oh, yeah, I'm coming after you. So what? It's like when I was a youngin' and I used to go into those, uh, those uh, uh, Halloween uh, haunted houses. I don't go to them anymore. And, and, and you know, at, after a, a few years, I, like, it didn't bother me because, you know, I knew they were just trying to scare me. They had no power over me. Right? That's the same way. I'm here to tell you today. And Satan wants to run you. He wants to keep you in a, keep on just running after that same carrot all the time. And you fail to realize that God has something spectacular here today to share with you. He wants to let you know, just like Pastor Mike said, that he loves you. It's, it's more than just, yeah, I love you. Yeah, you see, the problem is, is that this world has tainted that word. This world has they take, that, they take that word, and it means something else. That's why the performer, when they're singing, they go, I love you. Really? No, you don't love me. You love the money I just gave so I can come and, and look at what you have or listen to your music. Hello. That's the truth. I love you, and it's not true. It's not genuine. That's the problem. We sit here. And we want to look at that type of love, and we want to put it on the Lord's table. I'm here to tell you today, oh, hallelujah, that he loves you more than that. Can someone say amen? He loves you. He loves, he cares so much about you that sometimes he will allow you to go someplace that put you to your knees. Hmm. And if you haven't lived that yet, then get ready. Because I'm telling you right now, hallelujah. Because I'm telling you right now, that's what he does. Well, maybe it's just me. Maybe he just does it to me, okay? Because he does it to me all the time. Because I seek him. I desire for him to be in my life. So you know what he does? Sometimes he tests my heart. This week at work, I, I, I've loved my new job. I've been there for a couple months, and it's been a great honeymoon, as they would say, all right? Well, this week, on Monday, imagine that. I spoke last Sunday, so imagine that. On Monday, there's one of my bosses begin to start telling stories about me, complete lies, all right, complete lies. And by Tuesday, I'm beginning to hear this, all right? Obviously, I'm frustrated, and I go to the Lord. And me and Pam talked about it, and we agree. This is, this is not flesh and blood. This is principalities and powers in place here. Hallelujah. So you know what my response was? My response wasn't getting all mad and, and squaring off with the young man. I begin to pray for him. I begin to seek the Lord on his behalf. Can I tell you, come Friday... We were sitting in an office by ourselves, me and him, and he was having a horrific day. And at that time, the Lord tested my heart for he started just ranting and raving about all the negative things that's happening in his life. And to the point, I could begin to see the tears well up in his face, Viv. And you know what I did? It wasn't me. The Spirit of the Lord is in me. I ran to him. I put my arm around him. And I told him, I said, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. I said, listen. 
I said, listen, the hand of men do not have power over me. Hallelujah. And he received that. But the Lord's going to test you because there's a storm coming. Eleven Christians a day are killed. 270 Christians were killed in February and March in Africa alone. 71 were killed on March 11th, 33 days ago. And here comes the Lord. I want you to vision this. If you get this, then the next step the Lord has for you today will be an easy step for you. See, there is, there is 80 people who were former Muslims. Do you recognize that if you're a Muslim and if you give your life to Christ, you actually have to go to the government, proclaim that you're a Christian now. They then give you a card that says you are now a Christian and you are banned from certain things in their government. True story. How many had that situation happen to you when you begin to talk to the Lord here, when you gave your life to Christ here? We're sheltered. So 80 people, 72 children, and, and a total of eight adults were captured over there. And they went to the four men and they said, listen, you need to denounce Christ and accept Islam or we're going to execute you right now. Hmm. That sounds like something that's supposed to happen in the tribulation period. Right? Huh? What, 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 you mean that happened in February of this year, Brother Dave? Yeah. Yeah. And you know what they did? They denounced Christ. And they took a gun and they blew their brains out, all four of them. They fell to the ground. So then they went over to the women. And they saw that the, the men wasn't bothered by this. So what they did was they told the women, they said, listen, we're going to kill all, all 72 of these children right here. If you don't denounce Christ and accept Islam, we're going to give you the night to think about. Oh, but you know, hallelujah. The Lord is involved in things way higher than me and you. Can someone say amen? So that, during that night, there is a vision, a dream, that Jesus came to those kids and said, it's going to be okay. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Trust in me. Feel the presence of the Lord. Ooh, hallelujah. So that morning, they came and they laid those youngins, 72 of them, across the cement. And those men pointed their guns toward them. And they took the women and they gathered them around and said, Now's your chance. What are you going to do? 
And those women, just like the three Hebrew children, when they faced the fire, they said, we shall not deny Jesus, or neither will we accept. Hallelujah. We will accept this false religion. So those men clicked up their, their guns, Boom, boom, and they're ready to fire. Then suddenly, all of the, all of the killers grabbed their head. They said, snakes, 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 ah! And they all ran away. And they're all stunned. And one of the adults grab a gun and points it toward where they're fleeing. And a four-year-old boy says, stop, don't. Don't you see all the white, all the men in white that are here fighting for us? Oh, hallelujah. Don't you see that? For I'm telling you, my friends, that there is a storm coming to this place. In World War I and World War II, the whole world was at war, but America stayed out until they were the last ones drawn in. I tell you, my friends, it's coming. Do I know the time or the date? I don't know. But this I do know. The Lord, hallelujah, wants more out of you. He, my question to you today is, you need to be radically saved. Radically saved? What do you, what do you mean? Rad I, I believe I am saved. No, 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 no. You don't understand. You need to be radically saved. You need to be able to go any place to anywhere and tell them about Jesus. Can someone say amen? Hallelujah. Can I tell you? Oh, hallelujah. This day, if you're not, then I question. I'm questioning what sin is holding you back. Hello. What sin is stopping you? But Brother Dave, you don't understand. I've been serving the Lord for 30 years. I sing in the choir. I teach. I preach. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Because if your friends and your family and the places that you work at don't know that you know Jesus, something is wrong. Can someone say amen to that? That's the truth. Whoa, hallelujah. God wants you to accept this. He wants you to hear the word of the Lord. Because it's not going to be the weak and the malnourished in the Lord that's going to defeat the storm that's coming. God loves you. Ooh, hallelujah. God cares about you. He has more for you than what you have drawn out. I like what I hear the, the, the one a preacher girl say, says on, on one of the tapes we saw. You know, God's always busting out the box I put him in. Can someone say amen to that? That's the truth. Get him out of that box that you think he's in. Because trust me, he's not in that box. He owns the box. Can someone say amen? Hallelujah. That's the truth. Give it to him. Give him everything. You know, I was told a story one time. They said, how do you think that Paul will look on the day of redemption? And someone said, well, you know, he go, and, and, and the guy goes, hold on, hold on. Let's just imagine the preachers of this time come in first. And they're in their nice suits. They got that super geo smell, I don't know, some type of special perfume or whatever. They smell good and Oh, they look good. Oh, they're perfect. They don't look like this. They're a lot thinner than this. And they're like, 
oh yeah, and, and they have these great services, and uh, everything's all, you know, everything's all awesome, you know, name it, claim it, and everything's perfect, but there's not a scar on him. And then someone says, hey, bring in Paul. And all you hear is, And the doors fling open. And here Paul comes in, his sword, because he'd, he'd raised it for such a long time. Is, he's dragging the sword, and he's beat up, but he has the armor of God. And he looks at these men and says, Jesus is my Lord. Jesus is my overcomer. Something that our pastor says so many times is a truth. You can... Not be an overcomer unless you overcome something. Hello. And so what happens is when the Holy Spirit begins to test you and mold you and throw some things in your mind that things need to change, you resist. You say, well, well you know, it's okay. You know, uh, uh, I live in grace, oh Lord. Uh, I just, I can do what I want to as long as I live in grace, right, Lord? Can I tell you today that God wants more than that for you. He wants you to be a soldier. He wants to, you to be in the army of the Lord because the storm is coming and those who hate him, not you, he, they hate him and what he has done and what he stands for, they're going to come and they're going to try to bring havoc against those you love. And I'm here to tell you today, you need to repent. We need to have a, a spirit of repentance to whatever is holding us back. Oh, hallelujah. Whatever is holding us back, church, that's keeping us from being being that radical Christian. Why? Why doesn't your best friend know? Can I tell you my best friend, and I'm not breaking my hand off, pat myself on the back. I'm just sharing a situation. I, there, one of my best friends of the whole world, his name is Jim, and, and uh, there's a time in my life um, that oh, I stayed at his house for like a couple months, and one of his friends told him, they go, you know, why are you hanging around with that crop? You know, you know he's a Christian, right? And he, and he started laughing. He goes, well, that's true, but you know, he, you know, he really never says anything to me about it. And he spoke this to me. And I started laughing. And I go, Jim, I said, I've, I've learned with you is that, that I'm always witnessing to you. And at times, I'll use words. And he accepted that. A man who doesn't believe in God, just a few weeks ago, needed prayer. Hmm. He, doesn't, he doesn't believe in God, though. When I told him, I said, listen, I'll pray for you. He's like, cool, man, can you? That's where we got to be at. God has a call this day for repentance. What's stopping you? I want you to do, I want you to look at your life. I want you to set yourself aside. I, I've, I've set myself aside this morning and said, where's my sin at, Lord? So that I can take it to you and then you will remove it from my heart. 
Because see, it's the Lord that moves your furniture around. Can someone say amen? He moves your furniture. What does that mean? I, I, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I, you know, uh, me and my lovely wife, we've been, we'll be married a couple years uh, at the end of the month. Uh, bless the Lord. I'm thankful she's in my life. And, but, but where, where I, I had lived, she had lived in Euclid, and I lived in Garfield Heights. And a few, a few weeks or so before, John, before we got married, you know, she came over to the house, and she started looking at everything. I'm not saying she looked like this. I'm just, this is how, this is how I saw her. She goes, yeah, well, that's got to go. <laughs> <laughs> that couch, dude, no way. None of us are sitting on that, all right? I go, that's my favorite couch. What are you talking about? She goes, oh, no, 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 no. And all this stuff on the wall, <laughs> that's got to go. Look, she hadn't even moved in yet. And she's already moving my furniture around. Hello, can I tell you this day, hallelujah, that when you allow the Holy Spirit to reign in your life, he will begin to move things around in you to make you more like him. Can someone say amen? And I'm telling you, hallelujah, can I tell you today, if he's not, what's that say? If he's not, then maybe you're not close enough to hear him. Maybe you're wrapped around this religion that says that, well, I knew that Jesus died on the cross, and that's good enough. I'm telling you, it's not, right? I'm telling you, church, that God wants you to look at what you have because understand that what you have, he gave it to you. Hallelujah. How many, how many times, this is not taught in the, the modern-day church, but how many times does it say in the Word, where he is the God of the good and the evil. He is. He's the God that brings you up, and he's the God that brings you down. I, can I tell you this? There was a time in my life that I wore a mask. I, I didn't wear a mask. I didn't, Jeff. I, I didn't. I had five or six masks. That's my problem, okay? I had masks everywhere, all right? And I would just, I would just change them all the time. And I had this underlying, well, I'm a Christian. I've been a Christian for such a long time. I'm going to be okay. Hey, there's another mask. I'll take that. That's how it was. But see, Jesus loves me. This I know. And one day, he said to me, that's it. And brother, he took me to a place that I didn't want to go. But then it put me on my knees. And he began to change who I was inside. He began to take all those things that I thought that were important to me, but they really weren't. And the facts that the things of this mortal life are so temporary, so temporary. You know, I remember a day just a few weeks ago that I had eight children in my, in my house. My oldest son was 18. My youngest daughter was, I think she was four or five at the time. That was a few weeks ago. Here, my youngest, or my second to youngest, is graduating from college in four weeks. My other daughter is graduating from Bowling Green next May. That was a few days ago. But the things that we hold so important in our life, they, they become nothing when, they, when, when they're reflected upon what God wants for you. Don't miss this, church. And don't miss what the Lord's trying to say to you today. He wants us 
This is a call for repentance. And you may hear my words today, and you may not. But I'm telling you this day, God wants more. He has more for you. And all he wants you to do is lay it upon him. We sung a song that he picks up our cross for us. Can someone say amen? I tell you today what he wants. You might say, well, Brother Dave, you don't understand. This is so hard for me to let go. I do understand that. But you know what? He can help you lift that cross from your shoulder. Can someone say amen? Yes, he can. Oh, hallelujah. He can. He can do it, no matter, no matter what it is. It, maybe it's pornography. Maybe it's drinking. Maybe it's, maybe it's working. You love working, and so you work 80 hours a week and never come home. Maybe, maybe it seems to, to others be just a simple thing, but, but God knows it's what's blocking you. God has something spectacular for you. He is trying to make you into a soldier and use you in ways that are way beyond what you can ask or even think. Hello. But I'm here to tell you today, it starts today, friends. It starts today by you saying, Lord, what's my sin? Lord, what, what, what is it? What is it? What, is, what am I doing when no one sees me? Hello. Because, you know, we so easily can these clothes here. I never wear these clothes. The only time I wear them is on Sunday. I'm an electrician. I got these beat up old clothes that get dirty every day, and then I go from there, I go to umpire, and I got different clothes there. I never wear these clothes. I only wear these clothes on Sunday. Hmm. Hmm. But see, God knows when you're by yourself, what you're really wearing, you can't fool him. You can't outthink him. You can't make things up. That's our special guest speaker today at Encounter. All of our guest speaker messages can be downloaded from our website, godenc.com. Messages from Bishop Michael Rice are freely available on iTunes. Find us on Facebook under Encounter. We